Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, uh, what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome back to episode 110 of the White to Distraction Podcast. I'm Austin. Here's Chuck. That was sexy, dude. You like that? Yeah, that was good. Change it up a little bit. Heck yeah. Nothing's up, man. It's a beautiful day today. It is. We actually practice outside with the baseball team today. That is a beautiful thing, man. It was like 72 degrees. Unreal. Short sleeves. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's about time. I'm here for it. It won't be long until it's snowing again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Probably tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I know it's close, and you mentioned this, but daylight saving times could potentially be canceled for good. Yeah. So I saw that, and uh, it passed Senate. I think now it has to pass House, and then... Get signed. Uncle JoJo has to freaking (laughs) sign it. So that might be a while. He might forget to do that. So we (laughs) we don't know, but... That's true. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Just tell him Corn Pop needed some help, and... Maybe you'll sign it. But any Housers, the, <laughs> what a game changer this could be, though, in reality. That'd this, be awesome. This affects outdoorsmen. This affects archery hunters. This affects rifle hunters. I mean, in all reality, you give that extra hour of daylight, you could potentially get out after work where normally when daylight savings hits, you have that like, switch. Yeah, I'm done. Done. Afternoons are gone. Yep. I'm hunting mornings, which about that time anyways isn't bad for mornings, and I... I I love mornings. I prefer to hunt mornings, but I kill all my deer in the afternoons. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's I've only ever tough. killed one in the morning, man. All my other ones are afternoon. Same. Yeah. I killed one buck and it was actually midday. I was getting down as he come in. So yeah. you can't even call it morning. It was like, you know, 1130. Yeah. So I don't know. I love morning. Like I said, I've had a lot of great encounters. I've never gotten it done in the morning, but I would love to have that extra hour in the afternoon. Think about rifle season two, even. 
you know, guys that want to take their kids out after school mm-hmm. with daylight savings, it's it's dark. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't do it. No. So I think that's going to be huge. We'll see what happens, man. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but we'll see what happens. That's a good point. I probably yeah. shouldn't as well. You know, there's there's a lot out there that I, <laughs> I'd like to see happen. Yeah. But, you know, you, you can't get your hopes up. I would days. rather see Sunday hunting, but I will take some daylight savings. <laughs> Baby <laughs> steps, right? <laughs> Baby steps. You got to take the little wins. I'm with you, buddy. When you get them. I'm with you. And this would be a, this would be a medium-sized win for us. Absolutely. I would say. Yeah. But that's just something that was hot on my mind that I wanted to talk about because that could affect both of us absolutely in a big way in a in a very big way i think i'd be excited of, if that happened yeah i think a lot of people could look at themselves and go yeah you're right if i had an extra hour maybe i would go out after work yeah you i know, know maybe, i would maybe i'd leave with a half a day or something you know people yeah. that are working whenever but i don't know man hopefully hopefully fingers are crossed but let's just let's ride this good weather train as long as we can because this is going to be perfect we got spring gobbler coming up. Yeah. And like, I can't do the math in podcast land right now, but less than a month. Yeah. It, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be here pretty quick. It's going to be less than a month. Yeah. Before you know it, we're going to be like waking up at two in the morning and getting down there. Yeah. We're, we're going early just so you know. I was potentially going to go like the night before and camp out or something crazy. Really? I was thinking about it just now, literally, as we were sitting here, I was thinking about it. <laughs> Maybe that's something we do. We need to ensure a spot roost, in that parking lot. Yeah, we could roost a bird Sunday night. That would be interesting, too. You know what I mean? I mean, the opener's on a Monday. Let's figure it out. It's not It's not a terrible it's idea. It's not a terrible you idea. You can get up on top and just glass that whole hillside and mm. put, potentially put one to bed. Okay. We're going to revisit that. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. was crossing my mind as we were talking about it, and I'm like, Dude, why don't we? Yeah, let's, you know, I'll sleep in my truck. Yeah, why not? Put a cot in the back of my truck. There you It'd go. Be so comfortable. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do we'll that. Let's see if the boys are up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they would be. And if not, you know, they can drive down in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that we'll far. It <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But it is. It's exciting. It's that time of year. I'm starting to see flocks, not in the normal places, not in places where I can hunt. Other than one, one yeah. spot, I did see a flock. I didn't spot anything with a beard but i saw a lot of turkeys which was great it's good to see good numbers yeah you know what's funny i was actually uh, on the way over here kind of related subject well very related subject i was listening to alan probst interesting yeah he's like the big trapping guy yeah and i just heard the statistics where he said every you know press every nest predator that you take out you are saving one to one and a half nests successful nests so every raccoon you trap you basically just save anywhere from one and a half to two i think is what he said nest so if you trapped 10 raccoons or possums you know five possums and five skunks you just save potentially 20 to 30 nests that's crazy right? that's actually a pretty wild st- statistic <laughs> <laughs> where'd you get the st- st- i don't statistics? know i stuttered really bad right there was actually, <laughs> that's, that's a, <laughs> i have that's, no idea that's a movie quote yeah you missed it oh god yeah i okay. got you back you did get me back yes, i did oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> anywho's anyway we have but, some really great people that let us turkey hunt we do don't we you know who's first on that list who scree <laughs> yeah screegear.com screegear.com they are the best I was walking around the other day. I had the bottoms on, mm-hmm. just the hard scrabble bottoms. Yeah. I had a t-shirt on top, and man, it was nice because I sprayed my bottoms. Yeah. So no ticks. Permethrin. Yeah. Little Sawyer's. Yeah, a little Sawyer spray yeah. down. 
actually before I went to uh, Florida, oh, I sprayed down. There you go. And they're still good now. Yeah. So I sprayed down, nothing on my T-shirt. Yeah, I was picking them off left and right. My bad. Like, Son of a gun. <laughs> One nice day out, and they're everywhere. But what's nice is you just start going through those briar bushes, and you just crush right through them. You oh, dude. You don't worry about the clothing. Yep. The quality's there. Like, the, when I have the top and the bottom on, I feel invincible. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even worry about them getting snagged or ripped or anything. I'm, I really like that outer shell that they offer. I'm right there with you, man. I was actually thinking about getting some early season pants, but I think I'm going to wear them specifically for that reason. Yeah. I do like the early season pants. Too. Yeah. I've been wearing them as well when it gets warm out. They, there is nothing lighter on this planet. Like, they are, they are paper thin yeah. light, which is not good for the briars. But it's no they, bueno. No bueno. <laughs> but they serve their purpose when you're talking about hot days. So yeah, they they do. I wear I wear them with like the one fifty base layers. There you go. It's a beautiful combo. But it's the best. Yes, it's very good. Very good. <laughs> Get online, guys. Go try their bundles. They're always on sale. They're always running some kind of promotion. They run weekly promotions right now. They're constantly throwing stuff in there. Twenty percent off. Anywhere up to forty percent off. Give them a check out. If they're not on sale, use our code WDP twenty. Get you twenty percent off your first purchase. There you go. There we you just go. we just did the sale for you. Beautiful. Yeah. That was a little rant, but I like it. It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. Who's going to help us kill turkeys with a bow this year? Well, you, because I shoot them with a shotgun. I too. We're going to get you one of them guillotines from VIP Archery, my friend. Ruh-roh. Yes, we are. Oh, man. I'm excited. Dude, they are just turkey slayers. They are. You know how I know? Because I may have had a protocol. <laughs> now, granted, we didn't kill any turkeys with them, but that was no fault to the broadhead. Yeah, exactly. That was ill shooting by our party. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> but they do. They're nasty. They hit accurate. For a big, big broadhead, they hit very accurate. So I will tell you that once you build this arrow build that you're working on, you shouldn't have any worries. Dude, it's going to be like a bomb turkey purge. Yes, sir. <laughs> They're going to go down, bud. That was gnarly, wasn't it? <laughs> that was freaking intense. Holy smoke. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Listen, I can make that same noise on my ANF custom calls from Kyle Allen. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I bet you can. And I'm bringing them turkeys right into your lap, boy. There you go. I love it. And you're going to chop a head off. Bring them in, buddy. Yeah. They work. They work. I am here to tell you. I've been using them for, shoot, I don't even know how long, probably at least seven, eight years. Since I've gotten back into turkey hunting, I've been running Kyle's calls, and that's that. he's the, the call I, I worked on that I first learned how to math call with, and it's been him ever since. I actually did buy another company's call. I hated it. Really? Yeah, I threw it away. There you, there so, you go. There's the proofs <laughs> in the pudding, right? Man. And I'm not lying one bit. I call, I bought it at a show because it was like a deal. That I actually didn't even want it. They just threw it in because I was mm-hmm. buying uh, an actual slate call, and they just threw in a mouth call with it. I hated it. I kept the little case that they gave me yep. for my other calls, put my ANF in them. There you go, dude. <laughs> that is hilarious. I love it. Yep. And the other two companies that we always want to say a thank you to, huge gratitude and appreciation. Out on a limb manufacturing, man, and new canoe. That's right. Those awesome two, companies, guys. Go check great. them out as well. All right, man. Well, we can't wait any longer for this episode. This is going to be a good one. I've been excited about this for a really long time because we've had him on before. He's a repeat guest. He's always a blast to talk to. The dude yeah. gets it done. Do Johnny know, Utah Mulligan, man. You know the last time we had him on? It's been a while. Yeah. I put it in the uh, the Patreon yeah. uh, group that we were, our Marco Polo group, episode 13. Wow. 
October 5th, 2018. It's written right there. You Holy smokes, man. We should have waited like five episodes and gave it like 113. Yeah. It would have been pretty cool, it but wild. it's been a long time, and I've run into him at shows. We've, we, you know, oh I, yeah, we've run into, into him at shows and stuff. Yeah, at the WCB shoot as well, and and talked to him about coming back on, and here we are. Message him, you know, a day advance. He was like, "Yeah, that works. Yeah, let's do it before I get too busy." The guy <laughs> does like nine thousand things. So yeah, I'm sure he's not even sleeping tonight. He's probably just going to be working on turkey calls because it's that time of year. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, he's a beast, man. I can't wait for it. Here he is. All right, we are back with the man. This has been three and a half years, Mr. Johnny Utah Mulligan. The last time we had you on, I had to look it up. It was the 13th wow. episode we did. It was October 5th, 2018. How about that shit? Holy smokes. Oh. Dude, that is a long, there's been a lot that's happened since then. I just told you that before we hit record, man. There was a lot that has gone on since the last time we had you here. Now, we've run into you. I've seen you probably at least three or four times since then. It shows, yeah. and I, I I ran into you at the WCB shoot. You were at your booth. We yeah. got to yeah. talk in yeah. there. So it's not like we've been out of touch by any means, but man, right. Right. It, it is good to have you back, dude. It's yeah, it, yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. First thing, I just want to jump into this. Like, I just saw something, and it's funny. I was actually on TikTok, and I saw about Arrow Wild TV and the the new rebranding into Primal Divide. Yes. Mm-hmm. What What's going on with that, man? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been a bow hunter and, and exclusive bow hunter um, for about fifteen years. And this past year, um, I was in Saskatchewan. I had just killed a buck with, uh, with my bow. And then I had, uh, the option to pick up a second tag and I picked up a moose tag, not really thinking that I was going to get a crack at a moose, but I had five days to try. And, um, I ended up finding uh, a bull moose. We, we ended up finding a bull moose. And it was not in a stockable bow situation. And it was one of those reality checks where I'm like, I can stick my chest out and say, well, at least I tried to do it and blew it with my bow. Or I can grab this perfectly zeroed in Bergara B14 Wilderness Ridge rifle (laughs) and I can definitely kill this moose. Um, It's not like Saskatchewan's a place that, most people get to go to very often, yeah. if ever. Um, I was there, and uh, one of my top three animals of all time, bucket list animals, is right in front of me at 150 yards. Um, and there's just me and four foot of snow deep between me and him. So, which <laughs> makes stalking a little hard too, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, you can't just burrow yeah. under the snow and then crawl up on them and then pop out. <laughs> Yeah, right. And when you're when you're five foot ten, you're like, eh, you know, like it's not gonna work so well. So, um, I uh, I grabbed the rifle and and, and I, I took the moose and and it was it was funny how fast I didn't even have to think about it. Yeah. Um, because in that moment I was a hunter. Yes. And that's it. I wasn't a social media guy. I wasn't an influencer. I wasn't a host of a show. Um. I was a hunter and that was one of my dream animals and I had an opportunity to do it legally, ethically, 
um, and do it right now with no questions asked. And I, I grabbed the rifle and before I knew it, I mean, one bullet was already in the, was in the moose, you know? Man, um, I would have done exactly the same thing. Like no questions asked about it. That's one of my top animals too. Like, yeah, holy smokes, yeah. man. So then I already knew when I came back to Iowa from Canada that I had a late season hunt and I had already committed to that. I was going to, I had a new partnership with CVA and I was going to take a muzzle loader out for late season here in Iowa. And I came back and on like the fourth or fourth sit of, of late season, you know, I shot a 165, six and a half year old here in Iowa with my muzzle loader. And, you know, I, I had some questions. People asked questions. They were like, dude, like you're a bow hunter. Like what's going on? You just, the last two animals you killed were with, you know, guns. And I'm like, look, I don't have anything against guns. I just, I did the bow hunting thing exclusively for a while and I'm going to do some more rifle stuff. I'm not taking away from any of my archery hunts. I'm just going to add a couple of rifle hunts, you know, every year. So that being said, I, I thought this is a great opportunity to maybe consider a name change with also the fact that I'm leaving Carbon TV and going to uh, Waypoint Okay. Um, with the show. And what in, intrigues me about Waypoint is, you know, they've been able to do what, in my opinion, the other apps never did. You know, all the other apps, they became apps and that's just what they were. That's it. That's, that's as far as they've gone. Waypoint took it a step further and actually became a native channel on Sling TV and a native channel on Pluto. And when you look at the most popular streaming services out there, Sling and Pluto, you know, are there. So, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at kind of the outside the box marketing and, you know, you might pick up some new fans or new followers or new audience of the show of people that are just scrolling through the guide and they're like, Oh, waypoint. There's some hunting shows on tonight. Let's see what's on. So anyways, yeah, that's, uh, that's the direction that we're going. And, and, and with, you know, with the waypoint stuff, I thought, okay, if there's a time that I was thinking about changing the name, like now, now's the time to pull the trigger on this immediately, you know, no. and go ahead and go ahead and do this. Absolutely, man. Now you being a bow guy and you picking up a mm-hmm. rifle, is the experience any different for you? Um, you know, it's funny because when I got into bow hunting, that was one of the things that drew me in is that I did not feel the challenge in Mm -hmm. rifle hunting. And I, I needed, I needed to push myself a little more. And it was almost to the point that I was going to get out of hunting completely. And a buddy talked me into, well, just try archery before you give up on hunting. Now going back to it, it's different because I have that archery appreciation. It's been a really long time. Now, you know, I'll be the first to say my preferred method will always be archery. Always. That's, that's where my heart is. That's, that's what I love to do. But I also genuinely enjoy rifle hunting too. So it's different that I have, I have a little bit different take on it, you know, this time around. Yeah. And again, when I was rifle hunting in Kentucky, I mean, it was a lot of like 80 yard, hundred yard type shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this go around with rifle stuff is probably going to be more of that three, 400, 500, 600 yard stuff. Yeah. So, you know, that, that comes with its own challenges, not so much 
the um, spot and stock, but the precision of your equipment and making a good shot. So anyways, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and the Primal Divide, basically, the name was chosen on – I just got to doing a lot of brainstorming, and, and I was thinking about – you know how, like, sometimes you tell somebody, yeah, you know, I hunt. And they look at you kind of funny, and they're like, oh, you hunt. Mm-hmm. Well, I had, a, I had a grandfather, maybe it was my great-grandfather. You know, he used to hunt a lot. It, it's almost become this thing, like it's hunting is this primitive thing. And so that is the divide between a lot of modern society, you know, is this, that that is, you know, a, the primal divide. Yeah. So that was kind of how the name was chosen. It's just this division. I mean, in simple terms, it's a division between Starbucks and hunting, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. It seems like there's plenty right. of division these days. But if there was exactly anyone that I would trust more with any type of marketing decision, um, it, it would be you. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it, dude, you've, you've done it all. You've, you know, you've been from the ground up. You've created companies. You've thrived companies. You've improved companies. You know, I would never question a rebranding effort because and what i really liked was the same way you just explained that but you have that little tidbit just in your instagram bio about you know mm-hmm. kind of the background of it all and the way it's worded yep. right there is perfect mm-hmm. it's absolutely perfect yep. I, I don't have it up to read it but it's basically more or less paraphrasing what you just said so yeah excellent yeah. and it's i appreciate that and you know, it, it's it, it is a it is a nervous thing whenever you do something like that because you don't know how people are going to take it. And so, you know, and what I have, uh, what I have in the Instagram bio is the divide between who we are as hunters and who are we, who we are becoming hunting is now considered primitive. And that is the divide. There you go. Um, Ew. So, yeah, see, dude, it's I just sick. got chills, man. That's it's gnarly. Sick. <laughs> when I read that, I didn't have, I had no farther thoughts or I never had doubts, of course, like I just said, but there was yeah. like, I, I need no farther explanation. That was it. I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it's super cool. You know, and like I said, the timing worked out right. Now I did do the change right before the Iowa deer classic. And literally people were coming by the booth and they're like, primal divide. What is that? I'm like, right. Oh yeah. Well, it was just something I created like yesterday. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, so man. that was kind of weird. Uh, but most people recognize me anyways. And they're like, right. Oh, you left Arrow wild and went to primal this new show. I'm like, no, no, it's everything's the same. Just change the name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So my so, arrow wild t-shirt is going to be worth money now. That's what you're telling dude, me. They're nostalgic collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sick t-shirt, man. Oh, it ain't yeah. going anywhere. I'm going to have to get a primal I, divide one though now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I had a guy ask me, he, he messaged the other day and he's like, Hey, I want to, I want to get some, uh, can I buy some arrow wild hats? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I don't have any more. And he's like, well, would you consider making any more? I'm like, well, I don't know that I want to sell any more arrow wild hats, (laughs) you know, like just for the hell of it. Yeah. 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 I'm like, no, we get these sweet, there's these sweet problem divide hats. You know, they're pretty dope. (laughs) Oh man. I got to look into them now. I'm going to get them. But it just doesn't seem like you ever slow down, man. You're you're always 110 percent, you know, a thousand miles an hour at everything you yeah. do, and uh, you know that's what we appreciate about you the most. It's like, it, like I yeah. mentioned just a second ago, you know, you've brought a company like Bourbon Barrel Calls 
from the ground mm-hmm. up, work more hours. Even Johnny Utah Creative, what you've done with that and the way you've mm-hmm. expanded and built it. And then, you know, now with Arrow Wild, that's going to be, that is Primal Divide. You know, yeah. it's it's really impressive to see everything that you've done over the years and at a point where, and, and we've talked, I think we talked about this in person even, you know, you, you, you're at a point in life where, what do you do? Do you quit? Do you give up? Or do you mm-hmm. say, I'm going to prove you all wrong and continue to do mm-hmm. what I do the best at? And that's, yeah. that's obviously the path you chose. Well, and I, and I appreciate that a lot. It's um, everything that I do, I do for me, but it is all, it, it's always awesome to hear, you know, accolades or appreciation from your peers and stuff like that, that, um, you know, people notice, they notice the hustle, they notice the grind. It's, man, it's the way that I was made and a lot of compliments to my mom and dad growing up. Uh, my dad was one of the hardest workers I ever met. And, you know, this is a fitting story for this as to kind of where a lot of that drive comes from in the infancy. I was, uh, I was five years old and I had training wheels on my bicycle and I didn't want to have training wheels on my bicycle, but most kids my age had training wheels on theirs, but I'm like, I'm, I'm taking these things off. So he was at work and it was in the summer and I wheeled my bike into the garage. Like it was a hot rod (laughs) and I got into the toolbox and it took me a little while. I had a lot of trial and error until I found the right open end wrenches, you know, to fit uh, the nuts and bolts of this, uh, of these training wheels. And, and I took them off my bike and I got on my bike and I was like, all right, here we go. First rip, you know, without training wheels. And man, I took off like an Eagle, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, Lance Armstrong didn't have shit on me and, uh, letting it rip. And I'm, yeah, dude, I mean, I'm popping wheelies and everything. And I'm riding up and down the driveway and I, and all I was thinking was I want to be on this bicycle when my dad comes home and, you know, when you're five, you don't really have a concept of time. Yep. Uh, so I ended up riding that damn bike for about three and a half, four hours before he got home. <laughs> but I did not want to take a chance of like not be riding, you know, when he first pulled down the driveway to right. see me. So, so I'm just pedaling and pedaling and pedaling and he pulls down the driveway and I'm waving, you know, one handlebar riding, you know, stunting X game stuff. I'm waving at him and uh, he pulls down the driveway, looks at me. He walks into the garage because the garage door is open. And I hear, John Thomas, get your ass in the garage. And I go pedaling in there. I'm like, yeah, what's up, Dad? What's up, Dad? I think I even did a little locked up the back tire. Oh, yeah. A little rev slide, yes. you know. Half spin out. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, and he grounded me because I left the tools laying on the floor. Perfect. <laughs> so, like, you're five years old and you operated open-end wrenches you know, on your, on your own and taught yourself how to ride a bike by yourself. But yeah, that wasn't good enough because I didn't put my tools away. So that was my dad. He was just a ball buster like that. Nothing was ever good enough. And you know, that, that stuff stuck with me throughout my whole life. And there's probably a part of me that grew up in a lot of aspects that, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted that appreciation. You know, I needed, I wanted to make him happy or or have that reassurance that I was doing the right thing, but then I never really got it. So you have to make that decision. You're either going to do it for you or you're going to do it for somebody else. or You're just going to give up or whatever. And fortunately I stayed on the path that I just wanted to prove myself wrong, you know, or prove myself right uh, for that matter. And it just, it kept going, it kept going, it kept going. And 
that's where, like I said, that's where a lot of that drive comes from. Work is a hobby. You know, when people talk about things they do for fun, they're like, oh man, I hunt and I go to the gym, you know, and I, and those things are always on the top of my list, but work is always included as my hobbies. It's just what I, I love to do it. I like, I like the struggle. I like when things don't go right and you got to figure it out. I love little stupid challenges within myself, like bourbon barrel. I have never spent a dollar in advertising or marketing to this day. Never spent a single dollar. That's never boosted a post, never bought an ad, nothing. So, you know, that's, that's been pretty fun to do that and, you know, work more hours. That's just a fun brand for me. It's just a brand message, you know, honoring my dad, something he always taught me when I was a kid that the only way you get ahead is to work more hours. You know, you want to have a better relationship with your spouse. You better work more hours at it. You know, you want to be in better shape. You better go to the gym more, you know? So everything you want to do, it just takes time. And I think a lot of people go into things thinking, well, I'm going to be great at this. And they are not, you know, (laughs) most people are not great at everything they do within the first day. And so they give up. Right. Um, But if you go into it, knowing that it's going to take a lot of work, those, those early failures, you know, they don't, they don't hit you as hard. So having that mindset, you know, having the right mindset going into every situation um, is, has been huge for me. No doubt, man. And I, I wear the bracelet since the day he gave it to me at the shoot. And yeah. I love it. And it's, it's definitely turned some heads, you know, people see and they go work more hours. And first thing you think yeah. of is work. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. what do you mean work more hours? I, I, I don't even want to work the 40 that I work, right? That's, uh. <laughs> that, that's, that's typically what you get. And then you explain it to them they, and you can see that light bulb turn on. And they're like, no yeah. shit. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm like, well, that's why I wear the damn thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it does catch people off guard. And, you know, and that just, and I mean, no offense to anybody that has looked at it and been like, because I've had the exact same thing, mm -hmm. you know, hell, I hate my job. The people that look at it that way, and that's their first reaction, nine times out of 10, those are people that have a plan B, and they're not successful people. Right. People that look at it and go, hell yeah, Mm -hmm. I dig that. Mm. Those are hard ass grinders. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> I, I like, I mean, I, I love to wear it. Like I said, I, whenever I'm trying to get that extra little bit of push, like, oh man, I really don't want to go do that right now, but mm-hmm. I, I, I have to, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. It's not going to get done. And then I'm not benefiting myself. So yeah, fuck it. Let's go do it. Let's stay up till three in the morning. Let's stay up till, That's you right. know, Whatever I know, I know you don't sleep ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Dude, ever. You, you got all this stuff going on. You still, you know, what's funny. You still manage to make time where other people mostly say, you know, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. You hear it all the time. People say it. I, I say know. it. We all say it. At some point in our mm-hmm. lives, we get to that point. Yep. And, and you you start to think, well, well, how the hell is this guy doing it, right? How is how is Johnny Utah hitting the gym twice a day, staying super fit, super healthy? Yep. He's got all these different businesses going at once. He's all over the place. You know, how's he doing it? There's got to be some yep. kind of formula, right? 
Well, there cocaine, is cocaine, <laughs> copious amounts of cocaine. No, I'm kidding. Right, I'm, right. I'm kidding because I've had I've had that accusation already. You know, uh, no, I, I can only imagine. But you know, yeah. it's it's a mindset. At the end it of this, it, it's a mindset, it, and it is. It's you. You're you know. It's the ability to multitask and you know pour pour gas on the fire that's burning the best at that time, but also remember that you got to continue to stoke the other fires. You know, so you have to be very fluid. You have to keep things shifted. You know, I'm in my office right now and I just added another dry erase board because um, things are getting even out of hand for me. And I'm having to like put stuff on the dry erase board where, yeah, you can put stuff in your calendar and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I'm a person that I need to see it and I need to be thinking about it all the time. But you know, like I said, even for me, when I get 30 or 40 things going at once, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I better write that down. So, right. yeah. you know, I'm looking at my dry erase board and, and I'm like, as I, as we're talking right now, I'm thinking I still have 30 calls for loophole that I got to get boxed up tonight. I've got to finish kiln drying another 40 blanks um, before they get turned on the lathe to turn into pots to, you know, making the turkey calls. Right. And then I'm, I have to, I've got a bunch of photos and I need to upload into some Dropbox folders. And then tomorrow morning, uh, as soon as I get done with my morning workout, I've got to get back to the office and start working on, so working on some photo video work for a, for a new partnership that we can actually go into whenever you guys, yeah. Now, now's a <laughs> whenever, good. Whenever, whenever the. Whenever the segue presents itself, you know. Um, <laughs> well, let me just go get on my segue right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, and, and you know, we had chatted, you know, kind of before we got rolling, and and I was just talking about just so many things going on, and just you know, even for me, things are getting busy, and this off season has is becoming the busier part of my year. You know, a lot of people think, well, man, when I'm on the road and I'm traveling, and I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to hunt, like that's when you're busy. Yes, that that is busy work. But what I have found is the off season is becoming the busier work. As much as I can pre-plan and get a lot of stuff knocked out, you know, get these contracts signed. I mean, I tell you, some of these marketing directors in the outdoor space, like it's impossible to get some of these contracts nailed down in a timely manner. And I'm the type of guy that when I go to ATA, I already want contracts done. And, um, and it doesn't always work out that way. You know, everybody's got different budget schedules and whatnot, but you know, this year, uh, AVNX came on board, Stealth Cameras came on board, uh, Novix, Scent Crusher, CVA, Walkers, and Cold Steel Knives, Sweet. and now Bergara, which is actually Bergara Rifles and CVA are under the same BPI umbrella. Interesting. Um, but the most recent change that's probably going to be one of the most noticeable changes coming up in the very near future is uh, the camo that I'm wearing really is uh, is going to be different? Yeah, after after almost eight years as a Sitka ambassador, um, I am stepping down from that position, and I am just signed a contract uh, to become a Under Armour athlete. Very cool, man. Sweet. That is like that's a seriously impressive lineup, too, man. Like honestly, all very notable Thanks. brands. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, you add Loophold and Real World, Hoyt, Crispy, HHA, Luminoc, uh, Diamondback covers and Grizzly coolers. I mean, it's a, 
it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of content creation for a lot of brands. Um, it's definitely the most that I've ever taken on, you know, in one season by like seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. You didn't add two yeah. or three, seven, seven's yeah. a number. Well, and then, you know, and think about it this way too. Like if I ever feel a little lazy and I need to dig into the stock imagery and pull up an old photo to post for the day. I'm wearing Sitka camo. So by mm -hmm. making this camo change, I just lost every stock photo that I have in the bank. Literally, yep. man. Your whole archive yep. is just yep. like screwed now. Yeah, because I bought my first camera the day I got signed by Sitka. Wow. Damn, man. How good your Photoshop? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh that's not a fanatic it, hoodie <laughs> no, exactly exactly so you know the thing with under armor it, it, you know it came up back in uh september and my first questions were all right let's dive right into this bomar situation yep you know let's let's peel back the layers because these are the questions i'm going to get asked oh definitely and and I want to know where, you know, what the stance is, you know, what is the future of Under Armour? They gave all the right answers. They gave all the answers that I would have given if I was CEO for the day as well. I, I would have canned the Bomars in that situation. You know, in that situation, that was not Under Armour turned and caved to the anti-hunters. They just got rid of a bad situation. I mean, altogether, like, and I don't have anything personally against Josh or Sarah. You know, I want that to be noted as well. But when you start strapping GoPros to spears and you're smearing blood on your face and you're laughing and cackling and carrying on, like, you know, it's the same things that we all preach about, you know, clean up the blood off the animal a little bit. You know, I've always said, like, I'll never apologize for being a hunter, but I'm not going to give the antis any ammunition either. Yeah, you don't want to so, show in the bad light. I mean, that's no, that's none of us want to yeah. do that. No, it's bad brand recognition as well. You yeah. know, you're putting a bad image on that brand by doing something like that. Yep, and you know, and when you think about it, like a brand like Under Armour, they're doing what twenty billion dollars a year oh, in yeah. just fo football and basketball. You know, the hunting is not a big you know, area for them anyways, yeah. but it's they still stay involved in it because yep. they, they do like it, you know? So anyways, that they, they gave the right answers. And, 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 you know, again, if I was CEO of Under Armour, I would have taken the same position. I would have been like, Oh yeah, we got to cut ties with these people. Definitely. You know? yeah. 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 And I'm sure there's a lot that happened that the general public does not know about and probably will yeah. never know about. Well, you know, I think right. there was a lot of misinformation spread when that whole thing came out in the first place. And you have rumor mills flying and yeah. there's hearsay going everywhere. And Well, how easy is it to say, like, you know, he was just mentioning, you know, Under Armour's huge. They're huge Absolutely. for athletic wear. You think of them, you know, I wore them when I played football. I wore them when I played baseball, right? You're wearing Under Armour. Yeah. And you think Under Armour, you think sports. Absolutely. So when a very small part of their niche is hunting and then – it's very easy for a hunter to attack that brand when they drop someone is recognizable as a name as Bomar. Yeah. Right. When yeah. something like that happens, it's easy to say, Oh, well they dropped him just cause he speared a, a bear and they didn't like that. And there was someone that there was a Karen as they'd call her today bitching about yeah. it, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. That's like, like you said, you would get those questions asked to you. And that's why you needed to know the information before you signed on. Totally. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I wanted to know their position because, again, I was with Sitka for eight years. My plan is to wear Under Armour, you know, till it's over with. You know, every every partnership that I go into, as long as nobody steps on their own PP per se, yeah, you know, let's let's yeah. do this partnership. Let's let's ride it out. You know, sure. let's keep growing together. So that's the way I look at things, and and so I just I wanted to kind of know a little bit more of the background and and all that kind of stuff. And also, you know, Josh was never actually with Under Armour. It was just Sarah. Um, oh yeah, that's my understanding right. is, yeah, it was actually Sarah that was that was there, but you know, and they say no, no pre- bad press is you know is still good press. I mean, it really kind of catapulted them as well, you know. So it was a win-win for them, no matter what. And and I, you know, and I've said before, I think on other podcasts, if if I was a girl and I wanted to get into be insta famous, I would show my boobs and then I'd go kill a lion. <laughs> yes, <laughs> holy smokes, man. <laughs> Man, I you need, know, like, I need tits. <laughs> you know, and 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 like that that seems to be the best way that you know you could uh, like get a bunch of followers overnight is to do some outlandish stuff, honestly, you know, like yeah. that. So you know that's that was the deal, but you know, and, and when I when I break it all down and and I look at the stuff that I'm involved in, you know, hunting the gym and you know getting more and more into fishing each year they check all the boxes and it just, it was a better fit for me. I felt like for all the things that I do um, in life and yes, Sitka is, they make phenomenal gear, phenomenal textiles. They've got amazing innovation. There's a lot of money uh, behind that machine that they really can do whatever they want to create, you know, in a think tank type world. And uh, you know, they created a category of high, high dollar camo uh, and were able to back it up with how, how well it performed. So I'm, I'm always going to tip my, you know, tip my cap to those guys, you know, for, for that. And, and they gave me an opportunity eight years ago to come and fish off of their pier where I, when I probably didn't deserve to be on that pier just yet. Yeah. Now so you, you being with awesome a company that long, man, how hard is it to walk away from a deal like that? It's very tough. It, it, it is tough because, you know, you have a lot of relationships, business relationships uh, that have become personal relationships, you yeah, know, that definitely. run deeper. Now, the one thing that helps me is you had guys like some super stand up guys like Corey Pearsall. You know, he left and went to Birch Barrel. Jeff Pasito, you know, he left and went, you know, Stone Glacier. So you had people that had come and, you know, came and went over the years. And the only people that are still at Sitka that were there when I started is Dennis Zuck and John Barklow Mm -hmm. and both super awesome humans. I love Dennis Zuck and Barklow love those guys to death. And, and, you know, the next time I see those guys, we'll have a beer together or, you know, we'll, we'll hang out at a tack event or something like that. And I know, especially with Barklow, him and I will text all the time. He shoots Hoyt bows and, you know, him and I carried guns for previous careers. So him and I always have that kind right. of connection, you yep, know, definitely. but um, yeah, so no issues there. Um, I'll be honest. I, I felt a little snubbed on the Turkey launch because I felt that I did really help them a lot on um, prototyping and giving feedback and helping them on the, the insect shield uh, textile. 
you know, I hunted out of that stuff two years ago. Yeah. And I also helped uh, develop the turkey vest, the turkey pack. That's just coming out. And, yeah. Yep. And and I also own a turkey call company. Yeah. But there was no point. mention of John or Bourbon Barrel in any of their launch material. Oh, bud. So that, you know, that, that, you know, that kind of, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, well, I don't blame you. I don't think anybody would really no, blame you. No, honestly. you got a, You got an eight year yeah. relationship. I mean, think about it. If you compare it to a, a job, you know, you've been there eight years, you're going to have, you would think some kind of pull in the company or some kind of recognition. And yeah, like you said, it seemed like a pretty easy that's a pretty big line for them to be coming out with to not, you know. Right, right. But it seemed like a pretty <laughs> yeah. easy decision to see the guy that's already there, that's been there, that has the connection, that did a freaking grand slam in one year with his bow wearing your yeah. gear. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. and every single one of those high quality pictures. But it's like, yeah, yeah dude, you're not wrong. I mean, again, you, you, it, what you're saying is, you know, you're running your life like a business, just like they're running their business like a business. And yeah. it's, it almost seems like a non-personal decision to do that on their side. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and even you you look at it like a guy like John Dudley, who's, you know, very popular with Sitco right now. And, you know, Dudley himself, I mean, he bought over 100 of my turkey calls that we, we made with the knock-on logos and stuff like that for him. And, so it felt like there was a lot of solid inroads, you know, in there and, you know, with that relationship. But, you know, and, and here's my thing. It's kind of like, you know, your buddy gets dumped by a girl or something and he's heartbroken for months and months. And, you know, I've always been that guy like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> okay. You know, move on. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, now I get accused also of not having a lot of emotion, period. So, that I'm kind of cold hearted like that, but it, I mean, yeah, it stung a little bit, but I was like, okay, that told me that they were not into my brand. And all of my conversations with Under Armour was that they were into my brand and they wanted to help me reach my further goals with my brand and my message and what, you know, they were into what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so definitely. it's like, you're, you're a musician you don't want people in the audience that don't like your music, you know? <laughs> yeah. So like I said, there was just, um, all around the board. It just, uh, it, it was a, it's a good fit. Uh, I'm excited about it. You know, 90% of hunters have heard of Sitka. 90% of every human on earth has heard of Under Armour. Oh yeah. That's For a really, sure. yeah. Staggering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, it was kind of one of those things and, you know, guys like Cam and, and Remy, you know, recently left and, and Remy, I know he was very, uh, very integral into developing a lot of their new gear that they've got, uh, that they're, they've released some of it. And then there's some more that's being released this fall. So yeah, definitely everybody be on the lookout for some of the new UA gear that's coming out. There's some really, really nice pieces that they've, uh, they've really stepped up their game and I'm excited about. That's awesome, man. I'm stoked for you, too. That's really yeah. cool, man. And that's a serious accomplishment, too, man. Thanks. Well, and you know what? The, the funny part of it is, so Under Armour, one of the co-founders is a guy named Kip Fulks. And I don't know Kip that well. We've only chatted a few times. But I'm really, really good friends with his brother, Kobe. 
And, and Kobe, you know, he worked at Under Armour as well, all those years with his brother and whatnot. And back in 2013, when I was with White Knuckle Productions, I told Todd, I said, Hey, I've got a meeting set up with Under Armour and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to land Under Armour as a sponsor for our show. And Kobe was the marketing director of the hunting side. And he basically told me no, that, and it wasn't like, no, you suck. Get out of here. Right. It was we're already paying for assets similar to what you're offering. So either a, your shit's got to get better or B you got to do something different. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> Appreciate <Yeah>. it. You know, <laughs> challenge accepted. criticism. Yeah. 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 yeah so brutal honesty. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how the first company that I was ever told no by in the hunting industry is, you know, nine years later is the company that I ultimately end up signing with, you know, as an athlete. So that's kind of neat. That's awesome, man. That is really cool. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so stoked for you. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So their clothing and stuff, Johnny, um, what yep. is, what is mm -hmm. the quality like? I mean, I'll be honest with you. The last time I saw Under Armour hunting stuff was, mm -hmm. oh boy, let me see. It would have been like 2000 and seven or eight. Oh, dude, it has to come yeah. so far from there. And, and back then, yeah. I, I mean, at that point, uh, it was funny because a, a buddy of mine was a pitcher for the New York Yankees and he got uh -huh. a contract with Under Armour and they gave him like a thousand dollar gift card or whatever, basically store credit Yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. And he gave it to my brother because that's just the way he is. And he bought all this hunting stuff. And he liked some of mm -hmm. it, and he didn't like some of it. And the quality, it just seemed like back then wasn't quite there. But they were just dipping their toes in it. They were just beginning. So, I mean, yeah. you've, you have worn, though, the basically yeah. what people would say is the top of the top, right? In Sitka, yep. that's like yep. the portrayal. Um, yep. what, how, do, how do they stack up? How does Under Armour stack up at the end of the day? Well, so like in 2006, 2007, I was wearing some Under Armour stuff. And... Mm -hmm. I had, like most of us early in the 2000s and before that, we had some really awful camo. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> when I first got some Under Armour camo, my first thought was, oh, my God, like this is the first company that's actually making stuff that's athletic fit. True. You know, they were the, they were the first ones to do the athletic fit. That before is a very, else. very fair statement. And, but I'm like you, I'm like, I'm freezing my ass off. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, this stuff is not, it's not that great. If it's good. But I, I, I look good and I'm cold. This is not, not going to work. <laughs> so going back to what they have now, they still have that, you know, athletic fit in their stuff. But their textiles have improved. There's a lot of Gore-Tex materials that they're using now. They're, they've got some Gore-Tex and some Windstopper and stuff like that. So I've been really pleased. Um, actually, the first episode that's going to air April 2nd at 11 a.m., Shameless plug on Ooh. Waypoint. Ooh. Um, I'll actually be wearing Under Armour. Uh, it's on a Texas whitetail hunt. Now, after that hunt is when I went to Saskatchewan, and I did not have any of their cold gear at that time, so I ended up wearing all of my Sitka stuff. Yeah. Um, but Makes that's sense. why there, there was never any photos released from the Texas hunt other than one grip and grin photo because I was in UA and – during the entire hunt. So, <laughs> yeah. and at that time, I didn't know if I was going to leave Sitka or not. I was just, I wanted to test it out. I wanted to do a couple of hunts with it. And, and I really, really wanted to put it through the paces before I made the decision to leave. And, you know, and 
the analogy, another analogy that I used, I'm trying to explain this to a buddy of mine the other day is, you know, in 2015, 2016, when Sitka came out with the whitetail pattern, it would be the same as like walking into a party and you got the hottest chick on your arm and everybody else had a bunch of ugly chicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you're We're all going to the same parties but everybody else has got a hot chick now. Mm-hmm. And this, this girl, her name's Kuyu. And then this other girl, her name's First Light. And then this other girl, her name's Stone Glacier. You know what I'm saying? So like, have you met my girlfriend, the... Scree Gear? <laughs> Scree? Yeah. 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 So I, I hear she's a looker. I hear she likes to party. You know what I mean? So, so like, that's my analogy for it is there's other players in the high end game. No different than Yeti. Yeti did the homework and created the expensive cooler. Mm-hmm. And now you've got, you know, companies like Grizzly that offer a high quality cooler. That's more expensive than a styrofoam cooler. You know what I mean? So totally. it just, sometimes it takes money, marketing, innovation, the right timing to create categories like that. But I haven't found any serious holes in the Under Armour lineup right now. Um, now, do they have every single piece of that, that Sitka has and layering options? No. Are they going to have it? Yes, they're, they're filling in those gaps. But there's nothing in their lineup that's going to make me change the way I hunt or sacrifice my hunt. I just may not have the option of, well, do I want to wear this vest or do I want to wear that vest? You know what I mean? Right. And you so, know, too, if there's I mean, room for improvement, there's Johnny Utah to take them and lead them on, the, on their way, you know? Well, and that was a conversation that I had with Remy back at the, uh, the sheep show. I pulled him to the side and said, hey, I'm getting ready to sign this contract with Under Armour. You know, how are they to work with on the product development side? And he said, dude, they're all ears. Sweet. So uh, that was good. That was good to hear. And I'm excited for that opportunity to, uh, to, to help them develop some 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 other pieces and some more active wear that I think might be missing in their lineup. That's exactly what you want to hear when you're going into a company with the experience that you have, dude, that's, that well, opens the, but that opens the door, you know, to an opportunity for you to expand on what you do as well and grow with exactly. the company. Yes. Yes. That's, you know, and I've had, you know, and since, since our last podcast, I mean, not a lot of people know this, but, you know, I was a freelance consultant for Mystery Ranch for about a year, designing packs and gear for them. So I've gotten a little more into, it's weird, I've gotten away from the hard good side, and I've gotten more into the soft good side of product development stuff. Yeah. But I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot, you know, finding pieces that might be lacking in, in my setups or things that I wish I had or you know, I wish this zipper worked differently or something like that, right. you know, or just where it's placed and whatnot and how it works. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a lot of that, that definitely in all companies, I think could use a little improvement and there's what better place to get that from than someone that hunts and uses it and is going to put it through the test. But well, you know, and you see that with the really solid companies, you know, they have phenomenal textile engineers in the office Mm -hmm. but you also have to have the people that are in the field every day beating it up you know i might not use the same lingo terminology for different textile fabrics and things like that and i might misname a a buckle and call it something different but 
nine times out of 10, I'm probably going to have more experience on how the stuff actually works in the real world, you know, on a hunt. So having, having, you know, if you can have a good team where, you know, you guys can work together like that, you know, that's, that's how you move the needle. That's how you reinvent stuff. And, and you're constantly, you know, innovating and staying on top of the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited about it. You know, I had like with anything, you know, whenever you make the decision, you're like, okay, rip the bandaid off. I'm making the decision. And then as soon as I made the decision, there was like that two or three hour mark where I'm going, shit. <laughs> was that the right call? Did I just screw up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I got a packet in the mail overnighted to me from Under Armour. And it was like, literally first letter. Thank you. Welcome to the team. Over the next month, these are the items that we're going to be launching. There's a one page spec bio on every single piece of textile zip replacement, why it was created and why it's beneficial. And I'm like, now that's how you do planning. You know what I mean? Like right. that's how you let your team know what's going on and, and keeping people apprised of, of what you got going on. To me, right out of the gate, that showed me professionalism and organization and that they're moving in the right direction. That's so intense, um, man. yeah, dude, I'm fired up, man. I'm <clears throat> really fired up. And I, you know, and I got that packet and I told my wife, I opened it up. I'm like, it's like a dossier folder of like, like documents, man. I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this is amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm like, I made the right decision. That is so cool, man. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm ignorant to their hunting line today and what it looks like today. Mm -hmm. But you know, when I think Under Armour, I always think of like that polyester, that athletic fit, everything that I used to wear back in the day, even though up, even mm -hmm. through like their 1.0, 2.0, 3.0 base layer line, yeah, you know, do yeah. they do they have? I mean, if they, you know, how every other company at this point they've kind of gone towards more of like a layering system style. Yep. Mm -hmm. In uh, you know, everybody's introducing merino wool and different, yep. even different materials that aren't wool, but they're like a smart wool or whatever that yeah. is better for moisture wicking. What what do they yep. have right now that's like kind of in their line? Some of their key items. So we don't have to go through the whole line, but what's some of their key items yeah. you're really excited about? Yeah, so they they do have uh, merino wool, uh, some base layer pants that, and they're just they're really, and I'll be honest, they're just now kind of dipping their toes onto the merino side of things. That's one of the pieces that I really want to work with them very intimately on is some of that base layer stuff to do a light and a heavy, yeah, you know, um, merino style. And there's a few things that you know I want to see in the articulated knees, and you know without giving away too much information, but there's some, there's some certain pieces on the body that I think some improvements could be made. The, even the way that they run the stitching to, uh, to hold the fit, you know, in comfort, you know, you can, you can do a lot of that through stitch work and not have to change fabrics. That's some of the stuff. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to of seeing how they continue to evolve that. But even on their Gore-Tex, their wind and waterproof stuff, is is really really nice it folds up nice it's fairly quiet for what it is you know for waterproof material yep that's a really nice piece that that is newer for them the other thing is uh they have these pants they're these raider light pants that is the most breathable material it's super super awesome how they articulate and how they breathe and they have side vents as well on the thighs to let in some air I'm uh, really looking forward to running that stuff, you know, on my Western hunts this year. So 
those are a couple of the pieces. Um, they also have this ISO chill material that that's their trademark name, but it's a moisture wicking fabric, but it's cool to the touch. So that does a lot for the body, keeping the body cooled down, even if it feels cool on your skin and it doesn't feel hot, you know, that, that can do some really awesome things for you, you know, if nothing else mentally, Definitely, um, but, it, but it does work really well. So those are a couple of the pieces that they've launched, you know, fairly recently that I'm looking forward to. That's awesome, man. Now I'm not trying to take a hard right turn here, but you mentioned, you yeah. know, you're going to be doing some Western trips this year. You also mentioned that, you know, you got all these different deals and stuff and, you know, you got yeah. a lot of content to create this, this year. What kind of plans mm-hmm. you got coming up, man? I know, I know your, your gears have been working and I'm sure you've been lining everything up. What's going yeah. down with yeah, Johnny so, Utah? So everything just got finalized this morning, actually. Um, Perfect timing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, um, in April, I'm going to head down to Texas uh, early April, head down to Texas and chase some pigs and turkeys down there. Then I'll come back to Iowa. I'll chase some birds here. And then the last week of April, I'm flying out to uh, head into Andros Island, Bahamas. Sweet. To do some uh, spot and stalk kind of fly fish on bonefish. Ooh. And then literally the day I come home, um, I drop my luggage, drop off fly rods and my gear load turkey gear back in the truck and then haul ass down to Kentucky and chase some birds down there. A couple attack events this summer. And then when we get into September, uh, September, now this is when things get real tricky. September 3rd, Kentucky velvet, September 8th, Colorado mule deer, September 17th, Africa. Whoa, dude. Um, October 1st, Kansas, October 17th, Iowa, I'm sorry, Wyoming mule deer. And then that last week of uh, October is when I'll probably start chasing whitetails in Iowa. And then the last couple of days of November, I'll fly back to uh, Saskatchewan for mule deer and elk. Sweet. Dude. Holy hell. So, <laughs> you have a dream season coming up, honestly. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. Oh, man. Holy hell. Yeah. It, it's not a bad thing to, you know, to come home and after all that traveling and be like, oh, damn, I guess I got to hunt deer in Iowa now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny because, I mean, when I look at it and I'm going, I'm going to be on one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to be on five hunts before I even start chasing Iowa whitetails. Yeah, man. That's that a is little, insane. A little crazy. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to get into it, but like, how did Africa come about, man? I don't, I don't see you being wow. an Africa guy, see, but like, sounds yeah, real interesting, yeah. man. Uh, are you happy to be going with a, a single group that just announced that they were doing the Africa hunting by chance? So I had, I had never even thought about Africa. It was not anything that was ever on my that I wanted to do. I just, I, I guess for me, like I had some issues with Africa. I'm like, ah, it's just trophy hunting. It's just, you know, but then when I started to learn like how much that amounts to their economy and that the local meat is going to the local people. And, you know, there were some other things about it that I'm like, okay, you know, I think I could wrap my head around this. I think it would be cool. And, you know, and as a photographer, the final push for me was I, you know, I was like, I want to photograph Africa. Yeah. So why not? That was, 
that was the final straw for me. And I'm like, okay, sometime in the next year or two, I want to do Africa. So I started talking to a couple of different, you know, outfitters over there and it, you know, continued to pique my interest. And, and I had two different outfitters that I was kind of on the fence as to who I wanted to go with and some really good friends of mine that live in Pennsylvania, my friends, Leslie and Troy, they were going to go to Africa this year. And they were like, well, why don't you just, just come with, come the week that we're going, you know, that way we'll all know each other, you know, we'll kind of have a, like our own. And then it just so happened that we had enough people in our group going that we essentially have the entire lodge to ourselves, Sweet. you know, that week. So I was like, that'll be kind of cool. There won't be like a bunch of, you know, there's no like strange people that you don't know and you know, that kind of stuff. So right. yeah. So I'm looking forward to that and um, it'll be a really, really, really awesome experience. You know, and everybody's like, oh, dude, once you go to Africa, you're going to want to go all the time. I'm like, I doubt it. <laughs> I think it's just a one-time thing for me. Yeah. Right. I, I want to go photograph it. You know, I've got some bucket list photos, you know, that I want to get. And those photos have nothing to do with killing animals. You know what I mean? It's just simply the, you know, Africa and the animals living. So, um, and so I'm, I'm looking really, look, you know, looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, but my, my wife was like, you got to think about this, like, covid like you know what i mean we start exploring all these kind of things and totally i was like I, I was like i don't think they're as concerned about covid as other people yeah she's like well what are they what are they afraid of i'm like i don't know like getting eaten by lions <laughs> like <laughs> everything down malaria, there wants mal to kill them <laughs> yeah everything. i was like malaria aids like i don't you know what i mean like yeah. i think they have bigger problems yeah you know holy smokes man that's a so, that's a valid point as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I'm I'm re I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is very different for me. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. It is, it is, it is very odd. But like I said, the the final push for me was just the fact that I wanted to photograph. You yeah. know, I want to photograph Africa. So, but yeah, and then I lost a I lost a really really good lease here in Iowa recently. You know, being non-native in a state known for big whitetails you don't make a lot of local resident natives uh happy right. when you move into an area and um yeah i had some neighboring farmers wanted to make life difficult for me and squeezed my landowner a little bit and i ended up losing a lease so i don't have a lot of good private land to hunt here in iowa i mean i we've got really good public and that's probably what I'm going to end up having to do is yeah. hunt more public this year than I typically have in a while. But so that's why this year I'm like, screw it, man, until I find a good lease or, you know, find a good property. And, and my thing with private land leases is I like to plant food plots. I like to run trail cameras without them getting stolen. So that's what I like about private land. I don't have any, I'm not one of those like, well, I only hunt private because I wear a tuxedo. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's not it. That's not it at all. I mean, I, I'll go hike miles in the public, but I can't plant food plots. I can't. You know what I mean? I can't run trail cameras the way I want to. And definitely, it just—it's a different, a little bit different strategy behind it. And I, and it's harder. It's sometimes it can be a little harder telling a story, you know, about what you're doing on public 
I get that. You know what, yeah. though? You got everything else planned. You got two mule deer trips planned. You got, I mean, just three. A three. three. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot dude, about Saskatchewan. Yeah. I forgot about Saskatchewan. Yeah. Dude, just go tear yeah. it up everywhere else. No one will even notice. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I was like, I'm going to go shoot some big eared antlered animals. You know what I mean? Totally, man. Go. Oh, man. That that's that still kind of sucks, though. You know, that's a bummer. When you, I'm sure, too, when those people see your success, that plays a part in it. And, you know, it, people. Well, and. So the, the cliff notes is basically one landowner came to my landowner and he said, you know, this guy, John, he's killing all my deer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the landowner's like, he's killing your deer. Like, did they have tags in their ears? Like, were they branded, you know, they like, on your property? Did he, did, yeah. <laughs> you know, did like... he trespass? And he's like, no, no, he didn't trespass or nothing. He's like, so wait a second. He's like, but I had trail camera pictures of those deer. Uh, oh, he's one of those. Yeah. So, and I mean, I'm just like, here's my thing. He named half of, (laughs) so half of whitetail hunters really want to hunt high fence. They just don't want the stigma of high fence. Right. Because they, if they get a picture of a deer, they don't want anybody else to kill that deer. And the only way to guarantee that happens is you got a fence in your property. I mean, to, to quote, to quote somebody, they said, Everybody loves free range deer until they free range. That's awesome. It makes yeah. sense, honestly. I'm, I'm, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I'm actually I'm gonna put that on a shirt. You should. Uh, I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. me two. Yeah. So I'm gonna put that on a shirt, man. It's hilarious, and I, you know, and what's funny is the guy, the guy who said it was the son of the the not so nice landowner. It's just a shame. I, like I said, I. And who knows if there was a mix of words somewhere or something didn't get communicated. You know what I mean? There's always that what if, but, you know, but moving into an area when people have had kind of full run of an area and then, you know, another hunter moves into the area and shoots a buck. Now I'm not going to say that I've had, you know, I've had pictures of, of deer and the neighbor killed them. And my first thought was, damn it. Sure. But I, I wasn't mad at the hunter. Yeah, you're probably like <laughs> yeah. good for him. I was like, yeah, I was like, shit, man, I was hoping to have a crack at him. But hey, at least somebody killed him and he didn't get hit by a car or EHD right. totally. or, you know. Yeah. I was like, and then I usually text the person. I'm like, dude, how big was he? You know, tell me about the hunt. Or, hey, here's a couple of trail camera pictures I had of him. Or guess what? I have a shed from him last year. Would you like to have it? That's the kind of person I am. <laughs> you right, know what right. I mean? It's because you're a solid dude, man. <laughs> well, I, I try to be better than I was yesterday. I you know? feel you, Brad. I like it. No, that that's tough, man. That's tough with property and everything else. Like you said, that that guy probably just once he names his deer, those are his deer, and and that's tough because you should have asked him that. You should have been like, hey, what'd you name that deer that I killed? Because yeah, he's dead. Well. <laughs> So they, you know, I, I was told by somebody, they said, well, we were, you know, they were thinking about letting that deer go another year. And I said, well, I can tell you one thing for sure. He ain't putting on another inch next year. <laughs> That's like the kind of people that find a deadhead. And they're like, oh, this is, he's going to be great next year. I got some yeah. big news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bud. <laughs> but, you know, and I was told that I should have passed both of my deer that I shot this year I, and I always send the teeth into the lab and one came back at five and a half and one came back at six and a half, but supposedly so I was supposed to let them walk. Super yep. mature. Like, well, that's the yeah. problem too. A lot of people, you know, they, they judge a deer 
based on you know antlers more or less and antlers sure. based on their areas and what their genetics are and they think well this is what a two-year-old should look like and this is what a three-year-old should look like and your deer are both yeah. you what 150s and 160s right Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, those are two stud deer, but I'm sure that guy somewhere along the line has had a two and a half, three and a half year old deer that was about 150, 160. Yep. And he's it not happens. realizing that your deer that you killed, your deer, mind you, not his, the genetics right. of those deer, they were five and a half and six and a half. I mean, that's a mature animal. What are you waiting for at that point? Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I always, always remind people, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm about to turn 44 years old and like, four days or something like that. And I'm five foot 10. Even if I live to be 90, I am never going to make it to six foot. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that is a lot of misconception. Maybe it's the hunting shows that glorify the 200 inch bucks. I'm not saying that that's the, they're doing it wrong, but I mean, you know, maybe it's the way people are interpreting when they watch these shows and they see these giant deer that their assumption is any deer, if he makes it to be six or seven years of age, is could be a 200-inch deer. Right. It, the, the, the mathematical odds that a deer, forget, forget EHD, CWD, forget coyotes, forget traffic, forget any of that stuff, if, if deer did not have to worry about that, just the mathematical odds that every white-tailed deer is going to make it to be 180 is ludicrous. I mean, there's probably only about a 20, maybe a, uh, probably a 15% chance that a deer even has the natural genetics to even make that, you know, it it takes a special, special, special combination of buck doe nutrition and everything else to, to even have that as a possibility in their life. So, you know, you have these five, six-year-old deer that peak out at 160. Honestly, and I'll too, gladly man. shoot them all day. <laughs> Dude, honestly. And here's my biggest question for you. Were you stoked to wrap your tag mm-hmm. around both of those deer? Both of them. Yeah. yeah. Then that I guy mean, can go get fucked, honestly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was happy with it. And, um, you know, again, I, I buy my tags. I, get, I could have put them on spikes if I want to. If that's Certainly. what jacked me up then, you know, that's my right. You know, fortunately, I think everybody as hunters collectively, for the most part, you know, we all want to shoot bigger deer. And if that means, if that's a byproduct that it becomes an older deer, okay, cool. You know what I mean? I'm happy either way it's described. But, you know, and that's just what happens naturally. You know, it's a a 50-50 split on whether glorifying hunting helps hunting or it hurts hunting, you know, some people look at it and say, well, man, this television show or this guy killed this and I saw this on social media. Well, the reason why they see it on social media is the bigger the deer, the more it gets passed around, the more likes it gets. So they assume that they got to kill a big deer. So maybe that does make some people, okay, I want to try to shoot a big deer too. That's one of those give and takes where is it bad, but it doesn't, it doesn't always have the most negative effect either. Because if it encourages somebody to shoot an older deer, more mature deer, then cool, right? Yeah. So it's, it's weird. It's a, it's, it's a weird balance uh, when you look at how social media has influenced hunting. Now, what I hate to see is the flip side of that when somebody's like, well, I mean, I shot a 110. It was my first buck, and I didn't post any pictures of it because it's not as big as some of the other deer that I've seen posted. Thank you. you know, that's the negative side. Yeah, right? man. For sure. 
so like I said, there's that, there is that kind of give and take, and there's an argument to be made on both sides of it that can be debated till we're all dead and gone. You know what I mean? But the one thing that I hope always, you know, reigns supreme is just the fact that hunting is fun. It's an outdoor activity. It's not TikTok, And I think people will really enjoy it if they participate in it more or at least understand it. Yeah, man. You know, Oh, I couldn't agree more, honestly. No. And I think a lot of people see, you know, with some of our hiatuses with the podcast around hunting season, it's like, listen, guys, we love doing this podcast. It's a hobby. We love everybody involved in it. We love the people we meet, people we get to talk to. But we're doing this because we we love hunting. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, we love talking about hunting. If we don't hunt, what the hell are we going to talk about? You know, this (laughs) none of this makes sense if we don't hunt. Yeah, because we're not we're we're forgetting why we started this is because we love to hunt and we love to talk about hunting with other people with like minded people. Right? Honestly, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I I love it, man. I I think and and I get it. Hunting season comes along, and that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love when I see about these old schools and some of these towns where they still take off the first day of deer season. Welcome um, to Newcastle. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. dope, man. I love it because they know so many kids are not going to be there anyways. Yep. So they're like, we're going to lose our government money for that day, so we might as well just cancel <laughs> school that day. Yep, it's been like that forever. As far as I've been around and been 12 years old we get the first day off and then the nice part was too if you showed your license you could get the second day off too yep yeah you just had to bring your license in they give you monday and tuesday off which was the first and second day of rifle season here in pennsylvania and that was like the 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 big tradition you know and then even in college i had some professors that he just one professor i should say he just got it you know one guy that's a farmer in the middle of a liberal college and he just got it. And he was like, listen, I know you guys are going to be hunting. You want to take your test early and you hunt, go for it. If you don't hunt, you still want to take your test early, go for it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I have to be here no matter what. If there's one of you here on Monday or or 20 of you, I still got to be here. So you make the decision. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Let's take that test. I'm gone. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect yeah that's that's what you want right there man you know you want the teachers that get it like that so that's super cool that they still they still do that Mm -hmm. i know there's some places in wisconsin michigan you know which i think between those three states there's more hunter by percentage than any other state you know right right yeah we could be a militia i mean we could be a (laughs) full-grown army (laughs) (laughs) well i was out in your old neck of the woods man um you know, I went to the Harrisburg show for a few days. Yeah, I missed you down there. Uh, I didn't get yep, to see you this then, time around. I'm trying to think. And then the last Friday or that Friday of the show, I ended up skinning out for a little bit. And I went and did a photo shoot for some friends of mine that have a veteran nonprofit out there in PA, Heroes Outdoor Therapy. So we went down to one of those game farms. Is it Marx's? Hmm. Uh, something like that. Marx's Game Reserve or something like that. You know, the pheasants and chuckers. And, mm-hmm. you know, sweet, like sweet. That. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they run they run a good operation and we had a good time. And got some cool photos and stuff for those guys. And, That's really you know, cool. Had a, real, had a real good time. Hell yeah, man. yeah. I, lo- I love doing that stuff with the nonprofit. And, you know, Leslie and Troy, they're just they're just a couple of the most awesome people that I've ever met in my, my life. 
So I really dig helping them out. Even if they weren't doing a nonprofit, I'd do something to help them out. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. You know, if I, if I could. Yeah. Badass. That's awesome, man. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to see that you were, you, I didn't know if you were at the show or not. We went just like the opening day and that was it. And got to see some of the guys there, normal faces, familiar faces. Uh, but, I, but I missed you down there. I didn't get to see you this time around. Yeah, it's, uh, no, I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of an in and out, a little bit of an in and out for me this year. Well, it's a hell of a long show. I didn't get to do show. as much. It, it's a, it's oh, an insane grind, <laughs> you know. Dude, that show will completely beat you up. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I, mean, I don't know how the vendors do it, man. The whole entire time being there, that's just, it's intense. I know a long weekend for me is tough, so it's yeah. kind of like... <laughs> It's funny too because we usually always went like the last weekend, and that's when everyone was just they burned just out. Done. They were burned out. Yeah, they were done. And then you know you kind of get that that second rush of that weekend crowd comes in. It's like holy shit! I couldn't imagine. You know, the first weekend was cool. Everybody was lively. They were all pumped up. Well, there was a most people hadn't slept because there was a bad ice storm that weekend. But other than that, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, most of the vendors and everyone was excited. There was a good crowd, good environment. Well, we, you know, we didn't have it the year before. So, right. you know, it was, yeah, a, that's it, was true. A, it was a really good feeling in the air, you know, between vendors and consumers all at once. I, that's the one show that I haven't heard any negative turnout, you know, so far about that there were people there and I can attest there were a lot of people in those doors. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's. That's a big man. It's such a big show. I I don't know that they released the numbers from this year, but I remember the last year that the show, you know, prior to COVID, there was three hundred and twenty-seven thousand people that came through that show in nine days. That's insane, man. <laughs> yeah. In those weekends, do like a hundred thousand. One of the the, oh, big, yeah. the big big days, they almost do a hundred thousand. So yeah, could you? Oh, yeah, it's insane, but. It's fun, man. That's what we do this for. You know, we drive four hours. You do you did you drive or fly this time? You probably flew this time, right? No, I drove because oh, wow. um, I actually I went to Lexington, South Carolina. I went to the Sornex Winter Strong event before. Okay. So Sornex is like the the premier gym equipment. Like any D one college athletic department. All of their equipment's all Sorenex yep. equipment. Okay. And uh, so the owner, Bert Soren, you know, he wanted to start an event called Winter Strong, and it's by invitation only. You go out there for a couple of days, everybody camps out, and you shoot bows, you throw axes, you forge knives, you learn how to make fire. And it's just this eclectic group of men and women that are all just, they all get it. You know, they're all just badasses, you know. It, it's some people from the fitness world, some people from the hunting world, and, and it's just a super, super cool group of people. And and he has this motto, thin air, deep water. And it's kind of like you climb the mountain and that's where the thinnest of the air is. And it's the hardest place to get to when you get to the top of the mountain and the people that make it, those are the people that you're sharing the thin air with. Yeah, and, I like um, that and too, that's, man. Yeah. And that's, that's basically like the people that you're hanging out with and, um, so it was super, super cool. So I went to that event, and um, then when I left there, then I cruised up, you know, up to to Mechanicsburg area and 
grabbed a hotel for about five or six nights up there. <laughs> Went to the show for a few days and yeah, did the shoot and got some kind of stomach bug from the Amish vending area. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man, then basically puked the whole way home. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Johnny Utah won't be back. No. <laughs> I was like, it's the worst, like 14 hour drive of my life. You know? Oh, I couldn't oh even that's imagine. terrible, man. Oh, had that yeah, drive. I just, a bug. Ooh. Uh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Like it's probably the, cl- one of the closest times I've ever been in tears. I was just so miserable. And I don't cry. Like, I, I want this to be. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, I just want this drive to be over with. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. Like, what am I going to do? Cry? Like at this point, <laughs> like I'm just, just driving, man. I'm like, this sucks. The tears Got of joy. Home, crawled just... in bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Oh yeah. man. It was awful. It was, it was, it was awful. But, uh, but no, it, uh, it's always fun going out there to the show and mm-hmm. and seeing everybody. It's a yeah, it's a good it's a good time. Well, I'm sad I missed you this year, man. Maybe next year. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like going out there to the show. It's fun networking out there for a few days and whatnot. And 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 we usually do a veteran event around the. You know, we did the same thing last time I was there. We did the veteran event right around the show. So, uh, you know, I come out there and just stay for a couple of extra days. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And, you know, next year, if, if you can get us in on that, if we can plug that and get a little bit more recognition out there for us, let us know, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's super, super dope. The um, We're talking about maybe next year between Bourbon Barrel Calls and, and Heroes Outdoor Therapy partnering up on a on like a 20-foot booth and and having an area where people can come and podcast in the booth. Like we're going to okay. have like a couch, uh, like a couch and a coffee table for people to come and they can podcast in. So like I'll have my booth on one side, they'll have their booth on the other. And then the dead center, we'll just have a, a couch and a, you know, like I said, a coffee table and, and whatnot. And we can try to do some, you know, group podcasts and stuff kind of throughout the week and weekends and stuff like that of the show. And, really and cool. it, should, it could help out everybody, you know, bring a little recognition for everybody. That is really cool, man. Really cool idea. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if we can help in any way possible. Like I said, we're, we typically yeah. go to the show every year and, you know, somewhat local. We, you know, the How PA far crowd. are you guys from Harrisburg? Four, Four hours. hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, Not horrible. No. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty quick drive. <laughs> yeah. Turnpike all well, the way. You know, and, it, and it didn't snow for like, this year like the first time ever it hasn't like snowed during the show and like made things like nasty you know what's crazy from here it was snowing like a bitch that day that we left for the open uh-huh. we left we left i think the day before the show opened up it snowed like crazy and as i started uh-huh. we started getting across the state the snow was just gone there was it, i couldn't understand it because at that point here we'd had snow on the ground for Almost a full month straight. Yeah, honestly, we had a ton of snow. Like a foot of snow on the ground for like a month straight. And then as I'm driving over there, I'm realizing slowly the snow is just going away. (laughs) It's dissipating. Uh, It's less and less. And I'm like, how the hell did they get away with it? Well, that side of the state, just all those storms missed them. So it was Uh beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful, especially the way you came up. I'm sure you didn't run into anything at all. But I know like uh, Kurt and the guys from the WCB crew, when they came across, Dude, they got crushed. <laughs> they got crushed with the storm. It took them, I think, twice the amount of time it should have to get there. 
That's it's terrible. Sure. Yeah. That's but, terrible. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it still turned no out for, bueno. the, for the for the better. Some vendors didn't show up because of it or whatnot, but you know, that show does a good job too, kind of filling in and and replacing people and moving people last minute to make it a good experience. And it always is. It's yeah. always fun. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's go ahead. What, uh, what do you guys got planned this year? Well, Turkey season's coming up. We're stoked about that. Yeah. A couple out of state trips going on and yeah, I can't, we canceled our Montana trip. We were supposed to go to Montana this year. Uh, we ended up okay. canceling it just due to the gas price. We were going to drive out there. Gas prices went through the roof. We were like, you know what? Let's just do it local. So we're going to hit, you know, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, potentially New York. I have New York on my radar pretty hard. Probably going to go dabble a little bit in Ohio as well. And then uh, trying to get to Kansas this year for deer season as well for archery season. That's something we got a point last year because, you know, I kept hearing about how, you know, more and more you might need that point when you draw. So we said, you know what, screw it. We'll get a point. And then next year, if we're ready, we're going to go. And I think uh, we're going to try that out at least um, go there for deer, West Virginia as well. Because once you buy the license for yeah, the state. Yeah, might as well grab here, a tag for it too. Yeah, you might as well get a deer tag, and you know, for 20 bucks or whatever it is and yep. still hunt the same state. So. Yep, and I got Sika on my mind. So that might be something that I try and tackle this year too. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah, we got some. We got a couple of things and a couple irons in the fire we're excited about. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, never yeah, really man. done like a trip down there to like the Kansas trip kind of thing. You know, we've been to Illinois, um, and that's uh-huh. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I've been there twice, and other than that, never really went outside of uh, like Ohio. And Florida definitely doesn't count, but I did that this year. That was actually a uh-huh. lot of fun, to be honest with you. But <laughs> we, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was different to try to hunt deer like in their rut in January in a state where it's supposed to be warm and it was like 32 degrees when I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Like what the hell, man? (laughs) Can't escape the cold anywhere, but yeah, a lot of fun. You going to be at the uh, WCB shoot this year? Do you know? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I asked Kurt if there's any way possible he could like make it a little bit colder this year. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it was it was a what, a balming 98 99 104 i don't Dude, know <laughs> that that was literally like the swamp ass of all swamp ass right there <laughs> like i was getting ready to strip down to like my underwear <laughs> it was bad it was really bad but you know they those yeah. guys make the best of it and that, that when the afternoon sets in the sun finally goes behind the six trees that they have there um basically right yep. you know <laughs> so yeah maybe seven seven yeah. yep. <laughs> at the most yep. <laughs> yeah that was that was awful um i forget there was a guy man i'm trying to remember who it was i think i think i remember who it was he had like a milwaukee battery powered fan like like a construction fan job site yeah. fan and he was like bro he's like dude, like you look like you're about to die. And I'm like, Oh, is it because I look like I'm just got out of a swimming pool? Like, and I'm just standing here, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm sweating my nuts off. And he was like, dude, I got this fan. Like, I'm like, get it. Go get it. What are you doing? Talking to me. What are you waiting like, stop for? Stop talking. Yeah. So like he went and got it and brought it in there and I set it up and I'm like, Oh, thank God. Save yeah. the day. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm sure I told Kurt I'd come, I'm supposed to podcast with those guys here 
pretty soon. Uh, maybe the seventh, April seventh, I think. I was so, kind of um, wondering. I figured you'd be on the radar for them. I mean, you killed a lot of pretty badass shit last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I I went and did that deer cast one with them. Yep. Right after I killed the November first buck, mm-hmm. but I haven't been back since uh, all the other ones, the other four or five or something. So. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go and we'll do a wrap up on a lot of that stuff, but we'll probably also talk a little bit about turkey calls, you know, cause getting into turkey season as well. Yep. yep. Do you want to go ahead and plug that a little bit, man? Let's, let's talk about this turkey calls for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, back November 13th or November 3rd, maybe it was, I can't remember sometime in November, November of 2019, I started a company called bourbon barrel game calls. And, um, you know, after selling Wicked Tree Gear back in 2016, um, I was kind of missing having my own product, you know, to work on like that in-house and uh, came up with the idea of, um, of doing some turkey calls and making them out of actual, real, authentic Kentucky bourbon barrel heads. So all of the wood from my turkey calls, they have held bourbon from anywhere from 7 to 10 to 12 years, maybe more which as a, a, a unique dynamic into wood because you've changed, you know, that wood and it, it does act a little differently whenever it's dried out and stuff like that. But, totally. um, but yeah, man, I mean, Turkey calls, pot calls, uh, that are made from Kentucky bourbon barrels. And, you know, we've got the full lineup, you know, we've got glass, slate, aluminum, copper, and, you know, anything that anybody could possibly want. The biggest hit for us has been the custom engraving. And we do a lot of stuff for a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses putting logos in, sports teams. I mean, looking at some of the people that have the calls right now, Joe Rogan, Davis Love the Third, Harry dude. Connick Jr., John Dudley. John Dudley, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, um, there's a lot of people running running my calls right now and it's you know, it's been it's been a ton of fun. You know, I add a little drip of wax on the strikers, kind of a throwback to the old Maker's Mark bottles. Yep, totally. Oh, man. And, that, um, oh, that brings me right back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to a night I'd probably rather forget, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of Eastern Kentucky University days for me when I start thinking about Makers. <laughs> I bet, man. With my fraternity brothers just <laughs> drinking Makers. But, yeah, it's – um. And, you know, the bourbon thing for me is like, you know, I, I obviously I get it honest, you know, growing up in Kentucky and the, the full circle of, of bourbon barrel is I'm not killing a tree to make these, Yeah, you know, a, a tree was already cut, designed, killed, turned in, you know, by a Cooper or, you know, at a Cooperage facility and turned into a barrel and it, it, it served its life. It, it, it lived its life holding bourbon, aging bourbon in a charred oak barrel and that's it, you know, it's life was done. So then now we're taking it and giving it another life without killing any trees. And, you know, turkeys like to roost in white oak trees. So I use a white oak striker. I'm using a white oak pot. And then I also donate money back to NWTF and an organization called the white oak initiative, which is a, the white oak initiative is a team of biologists, uh, very intelligent people that their whole infrastructure is designed around the uh, reforestation of white oak trees. And, you know, between furniture making subdivisions and just normal day-to-day deforestation of trees, 
we're losing our white oaks. And for white oaks to reach maturity to produce acorns, it takes a long time. So it's not like you can just plant one tomorrow and you're like, oh, yeah, save the day. So, yeah, so that's kind of the full circle is tying it all into white oak. And then what makes white oak so special to bourbon is for bourbon to be bourbon and not whiskey, it has to be aged in a white oak charred barrel. And it's got to be 51% corn. So if it's not in that combination, then it's whiskey. Yeah. And people think that whiskey is bourbon and bourbon is whiskey. No, they're two very distinct things. And the easiest way to describe it is everybody's seen peanut butter flavored whiskey and peach flavored whiskey, but you ain't never seen like strawberry flavored bourbon. Yeah, it's true, man. <laughs> simply, simply put, you don't fuck with a good thing. I'm with you, man. What, what do you so, got back there, Austin? You just had me try. What, is, what was that? Yeah, Charles is actually drinking a little bit of bourbon right now. He's yeah. having a little bit of Weller 107, and then... There you go. Yeah, Weller's man. good. Got Dude. a little Basil Hayden there, some that Four Roses. Was, Those are Kentucky bourbons yeah, right there. That stuff yeah. was phenomenal, yeah. man. I'll tell you what. He, he kept telling me how smooth it is, and I had my doubts because bourbon's like, ooh, it doesn't... I mean, that, that puts fire in your belly, right? Yeah, Dude, right. I could have chugged that thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Weller's good. Basil, Blanton's, uh, Four Roses. Is good luck good. getting the Blanton's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah, super tough. Yeah, it's really, really hard to come by right now. I've still got some connections. I've still got some lines on some on some Blanton's. But yeah. um, I almost bought a bottle of 15-year Pappy uh, a couple weekends ago. Pappy I was Van Winkle, really, <laughs> I was close to pulling the trigger on it, man. And <laughs> and I was like, I got some more tags I need to buy. Yep, yep. Not, so. <laughs> and it's just still weird for me to even consider spending money on something like that. Right, and right. Two, two and a half years ago, I was still eating ramen noodles. So, Hey, I feel um, you, bud. I'm still eating ramen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, I love ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's over there like, wait, you guys stop. You know? <laughs> right, what right. the hell? Who stopped eating ramen noodles? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. But it's, I, I tell you, dude, it's, it's, um, it, it's been a lot of fun doing this stuff. I, I really, I truly enjoy the shit out of it. It, it, it is truly my passion. I'm having fun every day. It is work. I acknowledge that it is work, but it's fun work for me. And, and you know, seeing where things are starting to go and starting to get some traction, I've worked my ass off for it. I really have. And there's still so much more work to do. But, you know, and it's always one of those things, like, you want to tell people your story, but I don't ever want, like, a sympathy thing. Like, people to be like, oh, man, we got to go check this guy out because he right. really struggled. But like, that is part of my story, you know, the, totally. how I got to what I'm doing. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that I sold Wicked and then I went to work for the company and then they let everybody go with like a negative two week notice. And I lost my farm in Kentucky. I lost my, or I mean, my farm in Iowa. I lost my house, literally sold it 22 minutes before the foreclosure auction. I mean, I went all the way to the edge and I mean, $6 and 13 cents. That's what was in my checking account. Damn. And, um, and I had to make that decision. Like, do I want to keep trying to make this work or do I, do I pack up and me, my wife and three kids. So we moved back to Kentucky, like move into my parents' basement or something, you know, and regroup. And it was, I was like, I was literally sitting there that day, just like, it can, you know, can this work? I don't know that I can, I don't know if this is going to work. And the phone rang and it was a client calling me for a photo shoot. 
And fortunately, the, the phone's never stopped ringing since. That's unbelievable, so, man. Unbelievable. But, you know, and I tell people that, like, everybody has goals and they've got dreams and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go chase this goal. I'm like, are you? Are you, are you really going to do that? Are you willing to eat ramen noodles for two years? Like, if you're willing to eat ramen for two years, and that means you really fucking want it. Yeah, but honestly. Most people, most people give up after a couple of days. <laughs> so you're not wrong. You know, <laughs> no. So that that's that's the that's the difference. You know. Now you take that mindset and you put it into everything else that you're doing in life. Man, this is all. It's a cakewalk from here on out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt there's a lot of risk involved. There's a, <laughs> obviously there's, there was a lot to play, you know, you, you didn't, it wasn't just you, you had a family to yeah. think about, you had, a, you know, all your pride, right? I mean, at, at some point you got to look Absolutely. at that, right? You got to break it down Absolutely. And, and look deep into the soul and say, Hey man, what, what do I, where do I go next? And like, I'm, I started the podcast off with it all, you know, you've built yourself yep. up from the ground up and you never stopped. You never mm-hmm. looked back and no, I commend yep. you for it, man. That's that's really cool, and you know, I, I've I'm honored to uh, have shared those stories with you, and and talked with you, and caught up, and we've gotten to shit know you for the last <laughs> three and a half years since the last time you've been on, and yeah, yeah. man, it, it's good to see good things happen to good people. So we definitely I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And you know, I I was talking with, uh, there's some, there's some guys, uh, have a podcast there in Louisiana. I was talking with those guys a couple weeks ago. And one of the guys was like, dude, like you're an inspiring guy. Yeah. And I, mean, I kind of laugh at that in a way because I don't feel like I've accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other, that's the other mindset that I put into a lot of this stuff. You know, the windshield's really big and the rear view mirror is really small. Mm-hmm. So I'm always just looking straight ahead. I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever reach that point where I'm like, okay, I've been kicking ass and I, I've accomplished a lot. You know, I don't know that that's even in my nature, you know, to do that, but I can very easily cheer on my other buddies that I see kicking ass. You know what I mean? Like okay. I can, I can applaud them, but uh, I always feel like I've got so much more that I can do. And, but, you know, like I said, it, a lot of that, a lot of that mindset too comes into play with a lot of the hunts because as we know, we're dealing with wild animals. These things don't do exactly what they're supposed to do. Like when we talk about them reading the script, we make a big deal out of it because they never fucking read the script. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? like, honestly, <laughs> they're writing their own yeah. damn script as it goes. Like sons of bitches. Yep. So you're like, it's having that mindset all the time to just think about hunting. I'm going to run a bunch of trail cameras. I'm going to plant some food plots. I'm going to put out some mineral. I'm going to hang some tree stands. I'm going to prep for eight months. And then, the deer, there's a actually a greater percent chance that we're not going to see that deer than <laughs> yeah. there is that we are going to see that deer. Um, I mean, it's insanity if you think about what we're doing. You know what I mean? We would probably be better off just playing scratch off. You see, they got hardhorn. You know, they're three miles away on a different farm. And, yeah. Oh man, yeah. it just drives you crazy. Well, and think about it this way: Let's say you're sitting on a ridge and. Every bit of scientific data you have says that that buck's going to walk down that ridge. But then 30 minutes before you got into your stand, a coyote came through. Yeah. Yeah. Now you read that, you read that deer correctly, but we'll never know because we don't know. Did, did a car, did somebody fire up a chainsaw? Mm -hmm. Did some granola eater go walking through a piece of public? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't know and, and you'll never know. And you're like, well, shit. 
did I read that wrong? It, so you, a lot of times the only time you have that affirmation is when you put an arrow in them. Again, what if he was going to go on an other ridge that day and then a coyote bumped him to your ridge? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, man. that's the thing about hunting is when these people are like, oh, man, this person, he's the best hunter I know. Like he's like a professional. What? You mean he speaks deer? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. So all you can do is, you know, good luck happens when you put in a shit ton of, put yourself in a position for opportunities. You know what I mean? The hard work presents those opportunities. And the harder you work, the luckier you get. I'm a, a total believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's all you can do is keep trying, keep trying, keep grinding and enjoy what we're doing. And, and also understand that even if you don't kill, it was still a good hunt. Because if not, you know, you're not going to be a participant in this sport very long because the law of physics says that we're going to have more bad hunts than we had good hunts, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah, 300, yep. uh, 300 batting average puts you in the Hall of Fame, you know? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great analogy right there. Yeah. I might have to borrow that. That's, <laughs> By all that's means. pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, all you, that's all you really need. And, that, yeah. and sometimes that's what it takes. It's, it's really tough. But, no, man, it's, it's good to see that you guys are still kicking the podcast and still grinding away over there, man. Appreciate it, man. Definitely. Yeah, we do. It, it's 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 easier when you got to, you get to look forward to episodes like this of um, old friends and and whatnot, yeah. and, and re kick and live it all up again. You know, it, it, that's what keeps us going. It's, oh yeah, man. It's oh, the people, yeah. the people that we run into, yeah. the people we get to meet and talk to, and relationships and whatnot. You know, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't do it, man. That's right. But. Absolutely. I've met some really, really quirky, cool people in this whole hunting world. And, and, and it, and it makes it, it makes it a lot of fun. It, yeah. you know, none of this would be fun if I did it all by myself all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, man. Well, Johnny, it's, it's fun to, fun to share the hunts with people. And like you guys, obviously with your podcast, you know, you're sharing the podcast with people. So it's, it's what makes it fun. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we can't appreciate you enough, man. And, uh, we definitely yeah. want to give you an opportunity here to just go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find each of your companies, uh, Instagrams, everything. Yeah. So, uh, myself, Johnny.Utah.Hunt. You can find me on Instagram. It's Johnny Utah Hunt official on Facebook, Primal Divide on Instagram and Primal Divide on Facebook. And also if you haven't downloaded the app or checked it out yet be sure to check out waypoint tv primal divide will be premiering on waypoint april 2nd at 11 a.m saturdays and every saturday at 11 a.m just go ahead and set that dvr option bourbon barrel calls on instagram and uh you know bourbon barrel calls on on facebook as well that's the that's the places that you'll find me the most that is absolutely awesome man you're an inspiration you're a good dude I look up to you, man. I always love having you on. Dude, just keep kicking ass, very much. man. I can't wait to see what you do this fall. And, you know, I'd love to have you back on after you just, you know, destroy. Yep. You know, we're rooting for dude, you, man. Dude, thank you very much. I appreciate that more, more than you guys even realize. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely, brother. Well, thanks again, man. Have a great night. All right, man. You too. See you back.